Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny, coming to you with another episode. And today we're going to talk about what is God's will for your life. I hope everybody is encouraged. I hope everything is going well in your life. I'm praying for you, hoping God will bless you and will do wonderful things for you, that he will give you your heart's desire. So uh, today's uh, topic we're going to talk about, and I want to share with you, what's God's will for your life and what was Christ's will? And, you know, what do we do to uh, invoke God into our world? So, and actually, you know, everything that I'm going to talk about is always going to deal with the power of prayer because prayer is the, is the game changer. It's the disinfected. It's everything you need. It's your arsenal. It's your spiritual warfare. So, uh, but I'm going to start out in prayer. Oh, precious Father. I pray for everyone, Father, who's listening to the show, Father, listen to this message. Hope, Father, it re rejuvenate their hearts and minds to just love you and continue to trust in you in the most difficult times of their life, Father, because whatever's on their heart and mind is on God's heart and mind at the same time. So, Father, I just thank you, Father, for everyone. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to let you know I'm still continuing on my quest of the 30-day challenge to read Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 34, seeking the kingdom of God. And what does that really mean? And we come to, we found out uh, last, on the last episode that it's just about trusting God. And everything we're going to talk about really is just about trusting God and knowing God cares and God is caring about everything that we care about. So today, I'm going to be looking at uh, a couple of text in the Bible, uh, just sharing with you what God will is for your life and that it's not a, it's not a test. You know, this is not like, you know, a final exam where you have to do homework or you have to, you know, uh, go in and punch that time clock at work. It's just a simple requirement that God just requires. It's just to have faith in him. And so I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Bible today. And I will be starting out in the book of Mark, chapter 11, starting at verse 12. And I'm going to start reading and so we can get into this message because I wanted to encourage you, I wanted to uplift you, I wanted to move you into a positive channel to know that God is concerned about everything that you're concerned with, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And I want you to know that I love you and you're not alone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I'm going to start reading. In Mark chapter 11, it said, On the following day, when they had come away from Bethany, he was hungry and seeing in a distant fig tree covered with leaves. He went to it to see if he could find any fruit on it. For the fig tree, the fruit appeared at the same time as the leaves. But when he came up to it, he found nothing but leaves for the fig season has not yet come. Understand this. Christ knows everything. He knew that uh, it wouldn't be no figs on it because it wasn't time for the season. But this is what I want to show you. And this is what I want to just share with you and, and, and give you a little insight about this. This is a teaching moment for Christ to teach his disciples, but also to teach us because he knew that we would read the word. And so this is a teaching moment to show you how powerful your words are. And I want to encourage you to, you know, to, to take faith and take time to pray and, and see what happens because what God is going to do in this chapter right here he's going to show you how powerful your words are when you speak 
if you just believe and know that when you open your mouth, understand that God hear, hear you, but also it's a game changer. It can take a, a negative situation and make it to a positive situation. Let's go a little further. In verse 14, and he said to it, no one ever again should eat fruit from you. And his disciples were listening to what he said. See, this was a teaching moment. I want you to see that. See, it says the disciples were listening. In other words, they saying, what is he saying? And could you imagine, you know, just think about it. Me and you walking down the street, and you and I look at a tree, and I say, hey, man, ain't nobody going to eat off you no more. You say, he's talking to a tree. Is he out of his mind? No, Christ is not out of his mind. He just wants you to understand the power of your words. And when you speak it, you release it into the atmosphere to bring about change. And if, if that, that encourages you, I want you to understand this is the power of prayer. Because this, you know, in this chapter, you know, it's, it's, it's moving. And you're going to see Christ do some things that, you know, that's going to be like, wow, you know, oh. But let, let me go a little bit further. In verse 15, it says, they came to Jerusalem. And he went into the temple area, the porches and the courts, and began to drive out those who sold and bought in the temple area. And he overturned the four-footed tables of the money changers and the seats of those who dealt in doves. You know, doves are supposed to be prototyped by the Holy Spirit, in other words. So, you know, because uh, a, a dove is considered to be one of the most meekest and gentle uh, creatures on the face of the earth. So, and, and, and that's what the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, he is a person. He's a gentleman, he's perfect and perfect. In other words, he's not going to force himself on you. In other words, he'll let you do what you gotta do and he'll stand by you and let you make the decision. But if you need him, all you gotta do is ask the Holy Spirit show me because he's here to teach and guide you a lot of times we miss the we miss the fact of who the holy spirit in one of my episodes we will talk about the power of the holy spirit who the holy spirit is and what does he do because he's here with you right now because if you don't feel perfect understand perfection dwells inside you because you're the holy spirit let me go a little further and it says he would not permit anyone to carry any household equipment through the temple enclosures thus making a temple area as a shortcut traffic lane. This is what happened. The people got so lax, they treated the house of God as it just was a common place. You can do whatever you want to do. This place is not designed to do anything, but this place was designed to be a worship. This place was designed to call on the name of God. If you, if you, go and, if you look in Kings, you'll see when Solomon makes his dedication to the temple, you'll see this uh, beautiful prayer that he prays that, you know, that when people come to this place, that God would hear them and listen to them. And Jesus is just trying to get the people back to the point of understanding that this place is a place where you call on the name of God to get results in your circumstances. So in verse 17, this is why I said Christ was always teaching. It says, and he taught and said to them, Is it not written, My house should be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of robbers? Wow. He said, Hey, man, y'all violating this place. 
He's trying to get people's attention and draw them back to the power of prayer. And I just want you to understand that prayer is a game changer. And if you, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind at the same time. Then it says this in verse 18 again. And the chief priest and the scribes heard of this and kept seeking some way to destroy him. For they feared him. They were scared of him because you know why? You know, sometimes when people are in power, they think that you can take their power. They get a little jealous of you. And, and so there was just a lot of envy because he spoke with authority because he was God. And that's what I love about Christ because he made himself simple. You know, the Bible doesn't talk about him being some beautiful, attractive man who walked the face of earth. He was just plain. He was unrecognizable in the Garden of Gethsemane. They didn't know who he was. And that just shows you that, you know, you don't have to be a certain way to have a large voice because Christ, he, he spoke with power. And it says this in verse 19 in the Amplified Bible. Him, because the entire multitude was struck with astonishment at his teaching. They was amazed. They said, man, this guy, man, he waking us up. And one thing that anyone hates is to see a sleeping giant wake up. So I want all the sleeping giants to listen to this podcast to understand it's your time to wake up to be who God called you to be. And I'm going to show you how to do it because it's just very simple. Prayer is spiritual warfare. Don't ever forget that. Understand it. Whatever you're facing with, it, to defeat it, you don't have to, you don't have to hit nobody. You have to do anything. All you have to do is invoke God because that's why he says in Romans, vengeance belongs to him. So I just want, that's a, that's a little secret that I want to share with you. But also I want you to understand in this whole chapter, Christ is teaching his disciples, me and you and everyone else about the power of words. And that when we speak our words, they are like dynamite. They have dunamis. They have power. Okay, and as I go on, you know I'm excited because I want you to I want you to get this. I want you to walk in total victory. I want you to know that you have power to change. You have power to affect. You have dunamis inside of you all day long. And it says, and when evening came on, he and his disciples, as a custom, went out to the city. And you know, say they 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 went out to the city a custom, you know. Christ was always being prepared for the next day because he spent time in prayer because prayer is the only way to change things. Even Christ himself prayed to the Father. And we're going to see all this too because I'm going to share it. I'm going I'm I'm to put light on it so you can see. But also I want you to understand what the will of God is for your life so that you can have total victory over your circumstance and whatever you're facing right now. God is able. God is capable are doing some wonderful things for you. Okay, as we go on, it says this in verse 20. Now, we're gonna see what the power of spoken word does. In the morning, when they were passing along, they noticed that the fig tree was withered completely away to its roots. See, when God spoke to it, he killed it from the root. In other words, it was never coming back. 
That's how powerful your words are. If you begin to speak and begin to believe, begin to trust God and see what God can do, God can do wonderful things for you. Okay, then it goes on to say, And Peter remembered and said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you doomed had withered away. And Jesus was just so subtle. He said this. And Jesus replied in verse 22 and said to them, have faith in God. I want you to get it. This is the will of God for your life. Have faith in God. In the Amplified Bible says constantly. And what that really means is that when things get difficult and things get hard, don't get moved and get afraid and, and, and say, God ain't there for me. God don't care. Yes, God cares. But the enemy wants you to think that God doesn't care. The biggest lie that the devil can ever push at you is that God don't care about your circumstance. If God loved me so much, he wouldn't let me. But let me share something with you. In the book of Daniel, it talks about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they was placed in a fiery furnace, you know, in other words. And, you know, first of all, because they wouldn't bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's idols and worship him, because they only believed in worship. There's only one God. And, that's, and so they were faithful to trust in God, and they didn't care about dying. They didn't care. They loved God. They loved God so much that, hey, if you don't save us, oh well. But we're not gonna bow down to you. We just, and they weren't trying to be disrespectful. And it, there's a difference when someone's trying to be disrespectful, but they were exercising their faith in God. They said, I want you to understand this, because you see it, then you'll, you'll realize that the same thing that they were faced with, they were faced with death. But they had enough wisdom and resolve to trust God, not knowing what God was gonna do, because at the end of the day, nobody knew what God was gonna do. But God knows what he's going to do. I think, you know, when you, if you go to the book of Daniel and you look at chapter 3 and you start reading this story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they stood and, and you say, man, God going to let them go to the fire like that? God don't care about them. But let me tell you, this is the, this is the bonus about that. It says that when they put them in the fiery furnace, that Nebuchadnezzar was sitting down, but he had to stand up. And he looked inside the fire. He saw four. And he said, that looks like the Son of God. In other words, in there. And this is what happened, because they wasn't alone. So whenever you're going through a circumstance, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind at the same time. When you're going through things, don't ever think that you're alone, because God is right there with them. God was in the fire. God wasn't watching them in the fire. He was in the fire with them to give them protection, to show them love and care and concern, you know, in other words. So whatever you're dealing with tonight or dealing with, understand God's there with you. And so, and because of that, and you read, if you read in that, in that chapter, Daniel chapter three, you'll find out that Nebuchadnezzar, he makes, he makes a statement, hey, y'all respect their God because their God is the only God that can save. Remember, there's a God that we got he can't save. That's what I want you to catch on. But also, I want you to understand, in Mark chapter 11, Jesus letting you know that he spoke to a tree. Now, anybody would say, hey, this man is crazy. He's speaking to a tree. Man, what is that? You know, what is he, why is he talking to that tree? Man, that tree can't hear him. But what we found out, 
tree did him. Not only did the tree him, but the tree did what he told the tree to do. That's what prayer would do for you in your life. It'll do what you tell it to do. Now let's, let's go a little bit further. In Mark chapter 11, this is what Jesus said. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Let it drop and leave it. Let it go. And you know, the Amplified Bible, you know, it gives you, it wants you to understand. It says, let it go, let it drop. You know, it's, you know, it's when something hit the ground, you know, it's, 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 it's done with. In other words, so whatever you're holding against somebody, if you are, understand this, release them. Because first of all, it's healing for you. It may, in time by, you know, it may not feel like it. In other words, but it's healing for your spirit. And this is what he says. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Let it drop, leave it, let it go in order that your Father who in heaven may also forgive you of your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father never forgive your fallings and shortcomings. Well, Christ is letting everybody know, hey, we all are not perfect. We all make mistakes. Things happen. But we have to be able to understand, you know, that uh, God has forgiven us. This is how we know he forgives us. Because we know in John 3, 16, he said, God's love the world that gave his only begotten son. And that's powerful right there by itself. He gave his only begotten son because guess what? Because he loved us. Understand this. Christ loved God and did the, what his father willed was for his life. And this is what, remember when Christ was, he said, your will be done. In other words, Christ wanted to follow his father. So he followed his father and made this ultimate sacrifice for me and you so that we would be forgiven and that we can say Abba today and we can call him Father. So, number one is have constant faith in God. That makes you faithful. All you have to do, is that hard to do? He didn't, say, he, he didn't say you had to go join something, you had to do, the, he just said have faith in God. He didn't say you have to go cut down a tree. He didn't tell you had to do anything. He said just have faith in God. And that's, that's the will of God for you and me, is to have total faith in him and trust in him. Now we're going to look at Christ, and we're going to go a little bit, a little bit further and see, you know, this thing about Christ, you know. You know, just think now, this is, this is, this, this is what I want to allude to about Christ. Now this is, this, is, this is getting to the finale. In other words, see, when the finale comes, you know, in, in the movie, especially, you know, like me, I, I, I love love movies. I watch Hallmark Channel. You know, I like to, you know, see the happy ending, in other words. So, I'm looking, you know, you think this, this is going to be a perfect ending, you know, with Christ. But Christ's perfect ending was an ultimate sacrifice. He was coming to sacrifice his life for mankind. So, in John 17, looking at verse 1, when Jesus had spoken these things, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said to the Father, the hour has come, glorify 
and exalt and honor and magnify your son so that your son may glorify and extol and honor and magnify you. <coughs> As you can see, Jesus, he was ready. He was ready. He's ready to come home. He's ready. He's ready to come back and be next to the father, sit at the right hand, love on his dad. So it says, just as you have granted him power and authority over all flesh, all humankind, now glorify him again so that he may give eternal life to all you have given him. So now Christ is talking and he's getting down right now. This is, this is an ultimate talk. You know, in other words, he's saying, hey, Father, these people that you sent me to, these people that you wanted me to let them know who you were. In verse 3, he sums it up like this. And this is eternal life. It means to know, to perceive, recognize, become acquainted with, and understand you, the only true and real God, and likewise to know him. Jesus as the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. He said, I have glorified you down here on the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me along, uh, along with yourself and restore me to such majesty and honor in your presence. And I had with you before the world existed. So now Christ is ready to go home. Now you say, well, oh, that's cool, but you know, but to go home, you know, he, he has to go through some things. He has to, he, he's gonna go through some horrific things for mankind, for you and me. But his will was to let me and you know that there was only one real God, because guess what? At this time, you know, people's worshiping anything. People's worshiping statues, all kind of stuff, you know. There was many false gods. But what Christ came to let everyone know that there's one God, and this one God has something that no other God can give you. That's eternal life. So, you know, if you, so if you're missing a loved one who's going on, and understand, because they believe in Christ, they have eternal life. In other words, to be absent from the body, to be present with God. So I want you to understand that when Jesus was saying this, that he told everyone this now, he's getting ready to lay down his life for, life for me and you. So we see that Christ's will was to give his life to do his father's will to save us because the father wanted to save his kids. In other words, that's why we can say Abba Father today. So we, we found out, first of all, in Mark chapter 11, that the will is that we have faith in God, a constant faith. In other words, that uh, we trust him in the good and the bad. And now I'm, I'm finished to get towards the the conclusion of this 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 uh, podcast, and you know, but I got like I got like one more thing I want to share with you because this is the uh, this is the icing on the cake. The icing on the cake is something that will uh, let you know how to really invoke this thing. First of all, now we got faith in God. We know that Christ came and let us know that He's the only real God. In other words, the other gods that we see and hear about ain't real, but also that he has something that he wants to give mankind. That's internal life, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. So if you're missing a loved one right now, understand, they may not physically be here, 
but they're with Christ. And this is, you know, one of the, one of, one of the things that I love. When you go into the book of Exodus and, and, and God begins to speak to Moses, he says, I'm the father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What is he saying? He said, hey, he didn't say I was the, was the father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, I am the father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which was signifying that they were alive, that they wasn't dead. So in other words, so don't think that just because your loved ones are not here, that they uh, are not alive. They're more alive now than they ever been. And now they're in eternity living in harmony with, with God. And so I hope that touches your heart and lets you know that God hasn't forgotten about you. And he hasn't forgotten about the people that we love. So one, we know we need to have constant faith in God. And we also need to know that Christ came and he did his will that the Father wanted him to do, was let everybody know that, hey, this is who this person is. But you know, also, uh, even though I'm moving to a different book, I'm moving to First Thessalonians now, but in John uh, chapter 17, it says also, you read further along in John 17, you're going to find out that it says that for those who believe on the words that the apostles say, that they would be honored and protected in that prayer. So Christ was thinking about us even before we was born. So in other words, so understand this. He loves you with an everlasting love. I'm talking about he wants his desires to give you the best. Like I told you with my 30-day challenge, reading Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 34, but I'm also looking at Luke chapter 12 because also, you know, you can find in Luke chapter 12 about not worrying. And when you don't worry, what it means is that you just trust in God. Don't mean you don't have circumstances coming against you that you don't know what you can do about. But God is right there in the midst of that. So I want you to understand. And now this is the biggest thing that I want to share with you uh, when it comes to loving God. And 1 Thessalonians 5.18 in the Amplified Bible says, Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer, the mediator of that will. So I want you to know the biggest thing is to just give thanks to God, you know. Thank God for the air that we breathe. Thank him for the meal that you had, you know. And even in adverse times, when you don't understand, say, God, I don't understand, but I thank you because I know you're working things out for my good because I know whatever's on my heart and mine is on your heart and mine. But I'm going to be grateful and I'm going to be thankful. Uh, you know, and I had to experience those things. You know, I'm still experiencing those things, in other words, because guess what? Living life is life, in other words, and I have to be thankful. I thank God, you know, just for the opportunity to be able just to talk to you and share what's on my heart and mind because I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that God cares about you and that he loves you and that if you are able to give thanks, you know, there's plenty of people who give testimony that have when they praise God that, you know, uh, he removed whatever was going on. You hear people saying that in the worship that they were healed, you know, supernaturally by the power of God. So I want you to be encouraged to know that 
you're not alone. And I want to point out those three things to you, to have faith in God, a constant faith, understand that Jesus came so that me and you would know that there was only one real God and that he has eternal life. And last but not least, but to give thanks to God. And I just want to thank God for you. Uh, I stand in agreement with you of whatever your prayers that you need. And I would like to, to hear from you. I would like to know, you know, what we can stand and agree. And I'd like to have a testimony board. And I would like to be able to share your testimonies to people, you know, and have a segment where we can say, hey, this would happen to sister, so-and-so, happen to brother, so-and-so, that uh, because of the power of prayer, that when we spoke to our fig tree, it dried up from the root just like Christ did in Mark chapter 11. But I want you to know that God loves you. I love you, and you're not alone. And whatever's on your heart and mind, I want you to know that you can count on me to pray for you on a daily basis. And I want to leave you and close out in prayer. Oh, precious Father, I just thank you, Father, for giving us the ability to come together. I pray, Father, that this word would affect people. I pray that it would bring about change, Father. I pray, Father, for all those who are hurting who don't know you, Father. We pray, Father, for the lost. We pray, Father, for the people who need to come back to you. Uh, I pray, Father, that whatever circumstances that they are standing in need of, Father, that you would do something for them so that they would know that you love them, Father, because I know you love them. Because I, I've seen you. I've seen your majesty. I've seen your glory. And I thank you in Jesus' name. And once again, whatever's on your heart and mind is also on God's heart and mind. And I want to let you know that I love you. This is You're Not Alone podcast, and I'm your host, Danny Hampton. And the next time we talk, I hope that we have great testimonies to share. And I love you, and have a blessed day.